Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. Thanks to Brett Jensen yesterday for filling in for me. Uh, yeah, I was, I don't know what it was. I'm still kind of, I got a little bit of it left over, still kind of up in my head. Uh, it's like uh, medicine head, swimminess in the head, a little bit of drainage going on. So I apologize if I sound kind of rough. Uh, but if you are trying to get one over on me, uh, I'm, I'm feeling like I'm, I'm bringing only like my B game. Okay, B plus game. So like if you want to, like this could be your opportunity to match wits with me. Because <laughs> I'm probably an easy target now. Uh, 704-570-1110 and 1-800-WBT-1110. Uh, the email is Pete at the Pete com. So here's what I did. Um, so like I woke up yesterday morning and, uh, as you know, start doing my show prep as I always do, but I, it, it was real hard for me to get out of bed. I didn't feel well. And so I start trying to read stuff. I start trying to print out my show prep stuff and I can tell, uh, like I'm having a hard time concentrating. Like I can't focus on, on the material that I'm reading and, it just it like oh it was just not good and and so finally I said like I can't I can either try to keep powering through this and try to do the show and if uh, if you know I go down in the hours this was I don't know around seven thirty in the morning if I get worse before noon then nobody nobody is able to fill in for me right everybody else has to scramble so. That's when I send the message out to alert my boss. I tell Bernie, I'm like, hey, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it. Not feeling very uh, well. And uh, and the other thing is, if you're not, you know, if you're sick, it sounds terrible. I've listened to people on the air when they're sick, and it's like I don't want to be that guy that's like hacking and wheezing their way through the 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 show. So I send the message early, and I'm like, I I, I don't think I'm going to be able to do the show today. I'm not well, and. uh, and so they, you know, obviously they spring into action, they get Brett Jensen in, and all of that works out. This, to me, is proof that I am qualified to be the Secretary of Defense. I think that's, that is clearly the lesson that I took from yesterday, that I, I should be the new uh, Secretary of Defense of America, of the whole country. Right. I should be in charge. Because at least when I get sick, at least if I can't be on the job... I tell somebody, I tell my boss, I tell my colleagues, right? Backup systems are put into place. Nuclear codes get passed to Jensen. That's the way it goes. That's how it happens. And apparently, our defense secretary doesn't know how to do that, which is kind of weird. Kind of weird. Also kind of weird, nobody has asked, hey, what's up with the guy? Like, what was the medical emergency? Anyone? Any Like... Are there any reporters in Washington, D.C.? I don't know. It doesn't seem like there are any because I would have thought one of them would have tossed a question to, you know, somebody in the administration that would, of course, lie. But um, but it doesn't seem like anybody's very interested in finding out what exactly was wrong with the defense secretary, Lloyd Austin. And I find that to be just a little bit weird.
The whole story's weird. It almost makes me wonder, did did he get hit with one of those supersonic eardrum-busting things like in Cuba? Did it, right? He went in for some sort of elective procedure. And that doesn't necessarily mean uh, that it was, uh, you know, that it was, it was like super simple or easy, or doesn't mean it was like really severe or hard. We just, we don't know. We just know that it was an elective procedure. And then he had to go back to the hospital. He went home after the elective surgery, and then he was in severe pain, so he goes back to the hospital. And he's in intensive care. And like the, my understanding of intensive care and my experience in my life with you know visiting people in intensive care, it's 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 pretty bad, right? Like if you're in intensive care, that's intensive. It's like right there in the name. That's that's always been my understanding of it. I don't know if there's a separate wing for less intensive intensive care or not super serious intensive care. That seems weird, it's, right? You would just send them to intensive care, but whatever. In an administration that has not um has not been running a uh it's not been running a top-notch operation you know um they got screw-ups they got embarrassments but this one the hospitalization of defense secretary lloyd austin and the decision by him and his team to keep the rest of the administration in the dark ranks among the strangest, says Jim Garrity. And I totally agree. And then he asks, why can't this administration just be normal? <laughs> All right, why? Like, what? Do you know what I'm thinking? Now I'm thinking, maybe he went to Area 51. I think that maybe that's what happened. He had to disappear for a while, right? So they made up this... This story about being hospitalized, when in fact he wasn't really hospitalized. In fact, they had to they had to say he was really hospital. They had to say he was in the hospital, intensive care. So of course nobody can visit him, can't confirm it, right? We're just going to say he was there, but in actuality, for four or five days, he had flown to New Mexico and had checked out the aliens. I'm just spitballing here. I mean, what else am I to conclude? So. Late Friday afternoon, the Pentagon Press Secretary, Major General Pat Ryder, released a statement declaring, quote, On the evening of January 1, Secretary of Defense Lloyd J. Austin III was admitted to Walter Reed National Military Medical Center for complications following a recent elective medical procedure. Lloyd Austin is 70, and he was not just in the hospital, but he spent four days in the intensive care unit. That according to NBC News. Politico here has a timeline that they have constructed. And it goes it starts on Friday, December twenty second. So a couple days before Christmas, Austin goes in to have this medical procedure. We don't know what kind of medical procedure it was. The Pentagon does not inform the White House, nor does it inform Deputy Defense Secretary Kathleen Hicks. However, certain operational authorities are transferred to her. So they, they transfer this stuff to her, but they don't tell her? That seems weird, right? And you don't tell the White House you're going in for an elective surgery? That seems weird, too. Seems like you should pretty much know where the defense secretary is, particularly at a time when things are kind of heating up a little bit around the world, you know? Some issues have been arising, 
So the next day, it's Saturday, December 23rd, and Lloyd Austin returns home. Then apparently um, a week goes by, and now it's January 1. Secretary of State Antony Blinken talks with Austin. Austin joins a virtual White House meeting about the situation in the Middle East. And then that evening, the evening of January 1, he experiences severe pain due to complications from the earlier procedure and is taken by ambulance back to Walter Reed. So a week goes by before he has these complications. His top staffers and press officials, including DOD spokesperson Major General Pat Ryder, as well as Pentagon Press Chief Chris Meager and DOD Chief of Staff Kelly Magzaman, learn that Austin is in the hospital. So they find out the next day the uh, Joint Chiefs Chair is also then informed of the hospitalization the next day as well. Hicks, who now has some of these operational authorities transferred to her, she's on vacation in Puerto Rico. She's told she's going to be assuming some of his duties, but she doesn't even know that he's in the hospital. Staff for Austin and Hicks, along with the Joint Chiefs, are informed of the transfer through, quote, regular email notification procedures. Okay, so that's Wednesday, January the 3rd. You still have three more days where he's in the hospital and people don't know what's happening. All right, I got an email from uh, Greg, I believe. Yes, from Greg Pete. He says... This is Pete, uh, Pete at thepetecalendarshow.com, by the way, if you want to send emails there. Pete, Area 51 is in Nevada. Roswell is in New Mexico. People always get this wrong. Or do we? Yeah, oh yeah in this case, I did, yeah, because Roswell is, yes, New Mexico. So I apologize. Area 51 is Nevada. Nevada. Roswell, New Mexico. That's where the aliens crashed their craft. You know, almost, what now, 80 years ago? And also, they took the, like the rumor was, or the story was, that they secreted the, I think it was the president, on a train. And they they, they rode him out there, and he went and observed the wreckage himself. Whatever. I don't know if it's true or not. I just remember reading a book about it. So, and surely somebody wouldn't write a book about stuff like that if it's not true. So maybe that's what Lloyd Austin was doing instead of actually being in the ICU. Now, I did get this message from Melissa, uh, who works in the medical field. um, And she says that ICU is also used for VIPs, which makes sense, what with all of the acronyms and all. Um, I once had a very famous person you would know in the ICU, walking and talking. He was there with the flu. So because he was... A VIP, he gets the ICU. I see you, VIP. I see you. Well, actually, they don't want people to see him. So that's why they put him in the ICU, which is weird. Anyway, okay. So back to this timeline from Politico. Lloyd Austin has this elective procedure done Friday, December 22nd. A week goes by. He has severe pain. He then is taken by ambulance back to the hospital. He is put into the ICU. Some people around him in the DOD are told that he is in the hospital. However, a couple people are not told. 
chief of staff, or the staff rather, for Lloyd Austin, as well as the new acting defense secretary, Kathleen Hicks, they are not told that he's, uh, in, uh, that he's in the hospital. Magazmen, sorry, Magzamen, Maxamen, 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 Kelly Maxamen. This name's going to be important later. Kelly Maxamen was the, let me see, the DOD chief of staff. Kelly Maxamen and Hicks um, begin drafting a public statement on Thursday, January 4th. Okay, Maxamen was sick. But uh, tells Hicks, as well as the National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan, they then tell them of the hospitalization. Sullivan then briefs Joe Biden. So this is Thursday, January 4th. Remember, he was taken to the hospital on January 1. Maximin and Hicks begin drafting the public statement. Hicks begins planning to return to Washington, but opts to remain in Puerto Rico after learning that Austin will fully resume his duties the following day. So, nah, I'm not going to cut short my vacation. The military conducts a retaliatory strike in Baghdad, killing a militia leader that it blamed for carrying out recent attacks against U.S. personnel in the region. Defense Department officials say Austin had authorized the operation back in December. That's going to be important. All right, do the current world events have you wondering whether we are teetering on the edge of catastrophe? Are you concerned it's going to reach our shores? Okay, so what are you doing about your concerns? Let me help. Carolina Readiness Supply at carolinareadiness.com. Whether you're looking to expand your emergency preparedness supplies or you have no idea where to even begin, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you. Food, water purifiers, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, camping and hiking supplies even. Because being prepared is just smart. Carolina Readiness Supply has 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials that you'll need for any kind of emergency. In Waynesville and always at carolinareadiness.com veteran-owned Carolina readiness supply will you be ready when the lights go out here's an email to pete at the pete calendar show.com from dennis who says pete my thinking is that defense secretary lloyd austin had a problem with gallstones and so they took the stones out after that about a week later he had problems from that surgery resulting in his return uh, to have his gallbladder removed now the reason he refused to tell anybody about it is simply because he didn't have the gall to do it that's not, that sounds reasonable. That is as good of an explanation as my Area 51 explanation. So he has the surgery. He has elective surgery December 22nd. Um, he then is taken by ambulance a week later on January 1 back to Walter Reed. He's put into intensive care. But apparently people aren't being told that the Secretary of Defense is out of commission and that uh, some of the authorities have been transferred to uh, the Deputy Defense Secretary Kathleen Hicks, who was on vacation herself in Puerto Rico. And so she was not informed um, as soon as this was happening or that she didn't even know that she had some of these powers. Um, January 5th, in the afternoon, this is where the DOD's Chief of Staff, Kelly Magsaman, notifies the secretaries of the military departments and principal staff assistants of Austin's hospitalization. Okay, so that's when word finally gets out. Like four days, they, she starts making these calls. 
Shortly before 5 p.m., the Pentagon notifies Congress about Austin's hospitalization. At 5.03 p.m., January 5th, that was Friday, the Pentagon, or sorry, Ryder, this is Pat Ryder, Major General Pat Ryder, the spokesperson for the DOD, releases a public statement disclosing that Austin had been admitted to Walter Reed and was expected to return to his full duties that day. Austin then releases a statement saying that he could have done a better job, ensuring the public was appropriately informed. I commit to doing better. This was my medical procedure. I take full responsibility for my decisions about disclosure. And then Biden talks with Austin. That's on Saturday, January 6th, is when they finally speak. Sunday, January 7th, House Armed Services Committee Chair Mike Rogers and Ranking Member Adam Smith call on Austin to provide Congress with additional details. Austin speaks with Senate Armed Services Chair Jack Reed. Uh, about 4.30 in the afternoon, Ryder releases an update disclosing that Austin still remains hospitalized, and he's been in contact with Biden, Hicks, Brown, and his senior staff. Yesterday, you've got now calls for him to resign and be fired in Congress. The White House says the administration will review what rules and procedures weren't followed in the episode. And who are they going to put in charge of this review? Magzaman. <laughs> Kelly Magzaman, who was involved in this entire process. That's the, that's the, that's the person. They're going to get to the bottom of it. I'm sure Kelly's going to get to the bottom of it. Even Tom Nichols, former Republican, Naval War College guy, even Tom has a problem with this. He says the secretary's incapacity in and of itself is not a crisis. The Pentagon's chain of command has multiple people who can take over for him. And there might be good reasons to keep such news, at least temporarily, to keep the news away from the public and America's enemies. But what possible reason could there be for Austin's failing to inform the president (laughs) and the national security advisor, Jake Sullivan? That's what Politico is reporting. Why would he not have told them? Like, if I, a lowly old radio host, know enough that if I'm going to be out sick, I call my boss and my colleagues and say, hey, I'm going to be out sick. And then I I hand over the nuclear football and all the codes. So this way, if they need to go to war, they can do so. Like, I know that. The public, Tom Nichols says, deserves better answers to important questions. For example, who was in charge and able to execute the secretary's duties during his illness, including taking Austin's place in the nuclear chain of command? Because the defense secretary has to verify that the orders, any orders to launch any nukes are authentic and they come from the president. In theory, Deputy Secretary Kathleen Hicks would take Austin's place. But the Pentagon has been ambiguous about what actually happened in this case, saying that Hicks was, quote, prepared to act for and exercise the powers of the defense secretary if required. Well, the Pentagon was actually engaged in some in some actions over the course of this week when he was at a commission weren't these the people that told us the adults were back in charge i seem to recall that and while austin was in the hospital this week that he was hospitalized 
December 31, U.S. Navy helicopters returned fire and sank three small boats carrying Houthi militants. January 2nd, U.S. quietly reached an agreement that extends its military presence in Qatar for another 10 years. January 3rd, two explosions killed nearly 100 people, wounded scores at a ceremony in Iran. January 4th, U.S. forces in Iraq conducted a self-defense strike. Also January 4th, Vice Admiral Brad Cooper, uh, commander of the U.S. Naval Forces Central Command, confirmed that the U.S. Navy had shot down 61 drones and missiles total since uh, the the Houthis started their uh, offensive. And during all of that, Austin was in the ICU. Apparently up until the evening of January 4th, nobody in the administration knew he was there. Hello, Chris. Welcome to the program. How are you? Hello, Pete. I'm hey. great. I got two submissions for you. Okay. Uh, with this uh, voluntary procedure that the secretary had, when he returns, he'll be called Secretary Lori Austin. Oh, and that's possible. And I got a, another name change. I would like to hear a, a more accurate name for the Secretary of Homeland Security, and that would be Secretary Alejandro Mayorkakis. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Thank you. Chris. Thanks, man. I'm glad you're here. Right. Have a great day. You too, sir. Appreciate it. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, come on. If we can't have fun with names, <clears throat> uh, this is from Lance to Pete at the Pete Callender Show.com. Pete, considering the policy changes that Lloyd Austin has made to our military, perhaps Austin was suffering complications from a leaking breast implant. Oh, my goodness. Maybe so. Dan, I'm not reading this email. I'm not reading your what your Dan is convinced that. No, I'm not even going to read that, Dan. <laughs> I'm not even going to read that. Dan has a Dan has some uh, he's got a hypothesis. He has a theory. And I'm but that's too much even for me. I can't even read that. Um, rest assured. Um. They're going to get to the bottom of this to find out why they didn't tell the right people uh, at the right time. And the people that are going to be leading this inquiry are the people that did not inform the right people at the right time. So they're totally going to get to the bottom of it. And rest assured, President Joe Biden is not even considering firing Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin. Not going to happen. According to four senior administration officials who told Politico um, that uh, Austin isn't going anywhere. The Pentagon had already announced that Austin was not planning to retire. Biden and his team have been adamant that Austin remains in good standing despite not informing the White House or his deputy of his hospitalization for three days. National Security Spokesperson John Kirby told reporters on Monday that Biden, quote, respects the fact that Secretary Austin took ownership for the lack of transparency and said that Austin would stay in the job. I mean, look, the guy who oversaw the Afghanistan withdrawal, like, if that if that didn't get him fired, really, like, why would he get fired for this? Kirby declined to share with reporters the status of Austin's health, but said that he was working from the hospital and would return to the Pentagon in the relatively near future. So... He ain't going anywhere. Mike Vrabel got fired. Tennessee Titans coach. He just got fired. 
Um, oh yeah, and our Panthers. Well, look, okay. So I didn't even I didn't even mention this, but real quick, I gotta say, um, the Panthers finished the season with another impressive loss. I thought very impressive, right? After the team had avoided being shut out for more than two decades, twenty one years or something, they had gone. Without being shut out, they had scored in every single game for 20-plus years. It was like the second-longest streak going in the NFL, and then they lost that one like two weeks ago when they got shut out, and then on Sunday, shut out again. Back-to-back shutouts. That is impressive. Like Again, all I was interested in seeing was how the Panthers would find a way to lose, and they did not disappoint. They found another way to lose, and they are like the first team to have like back-to-back shutouts since the 2008 Cleveland Browns. So this year truly was, historically, like the worst season ever for, like, anybody. 